Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Welcome to Houston Sports Talk's first live Astros Mariners postgame show. And what a way to start it out, Stephen. Robert Land alongside Stephen Kerr. Between the two of us, 60 years combined in sports journalism. And this never gets old, Stephen. It never gets old. What the hell just happened, Robert? What just happened? (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I cannot comprehend this yet. I absolutely can't. I mean, you'd think this was game seven of the World Series, the way this thing ended and the way I feel right now. But, yeah, you're right. It it never gets old. Uh, well, especially if the Astros win the way they did today. It never gets old. Steven, I gave up on this game about 10 times, like 10 different times during the games. I'm like, oh, it's a, oh now it's over. Now I know it's over. You know, I I knew that when I logged on the computer this morning, I had an issue with Microsoft Office that took me two hours to solve. And I said, this is going to be a bad day. The Astros are probably going to lose. It's going to be Microsoft Office or or OneDrive's fault, somebody's fault. And it almost looked that way, Robert. Thank God for Jordan Alvarez. He saved us all from a bad, bad, bad day. I mean, what can't this guy do? He gets three hits. He had the two-run double earlier in the game, almost knocked that one out of the ballpark, threw out a guy at home plate. I mean, the only thing he couldn't do is he, he couldn't make that grab at the wall uh, earlier in the game, help uh, Justin Verlander out a little bit. But, I mean... He did, make a th- he did uh, throw a runner out, though. Yeah, yeah, that's I was he saying that. that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he threw that runner out uh, right before he, he uh, couldn't make the grab at the wall, but... Yeah, he was doing everything. And for a while, it looked like it was the Astros Cubans versus the Seattle Mariners because it was just Jordan Alvarez and Yuli Gurriel that were were doing everything. And nobody else on the Astros were doing anything. Well, it's funny. I saw you tweet out. What what did you say? Can somebody other than a Cuban player help the Astros? Well, sorry, Robert, not today. (laughs) But in this case, the, the way it ended, it's perfectly okay, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. And I hope we got some new people out there watching us right now. If you are a new person, subscribe, like, comment on YouTube. That's how you can show us a little bit of support. Support the show. We've been doing this for nine. This is I've been doing this show for nine years. When I started nine years ago, the Astros were at their absolute lowest. And Ooh, now sure were. it's six out of the last, what is it? Six, six out of the last seven, or is it seven six out of the last out of the, Yeah, it started in 2015. So yeah, six out of the last seven. Yeah, it might be seven. I'm, I've lost track, but I think it's seven out of the last eight postseasons. Um, and they just find more magic year in and year out, uh, especially in these early rounds, which we love. Um, I, I guess let's start off with Stephen, though, Justin Verlander, who... The only thing that you come out of this worried about is Justin Verlander. He gave up six in the first four innings in the 2017 World Series run. Verlander, zero starts where he gave up four more runs. Since then, he's given up four more in five of his eight postseason starts. And it's hard to use the inning count, Stephen, as an excuse this year because, you know, they they really gave him every opportunity to get rest in the six-man rotations. And we had the long layoff between the playoffs in the World Series and the lower inning counts later in the year. I mean, everything was working in his favor. Going, He was practically through a no-hitter. He was through a five, what, five, six-inning uh, no-hitter the yeah, last time. Yeah, it was five out. innings. Right, right. And, you know, part of the problem in his last, oh, two or three starts is he wasn't getting a lot of run support, or, or he might have had another win or two. So I don't think... 
you know, I, I don't think it's anything in regard to, you know, the arm or being tired, Robert, but I do wonder, you know, this was his first appearance in the postseason since the 2019 World Series. You know, he, he did a couple of starts and he allowed seven runs and 11 innings over two starts against the Nationals. And, uh, you know, overall, he is now seven and seven and as a member of the Astros in the postseason. And so, I, I mean, it's not as if he's Mr. Dominant throughout, but he was certainly money in the 2017 World Series. I don't know. It it just goes to show that when the postseason comes, every day is a different day. And I guess what worried me about Verlander is, you know, usually when he gets in trouble, he knows how to minimize the damage control. But in those first two, first several innings, you know, he didn't get a ground out until the third inning. And the Mariners were making great contact just about every time in those first few innings. That's really what worried me more than anything. If they were just dinky little hits here and there, lucky breaks here and there for them, that's one thing. But they were making great contact against him, Robert, and, and that's not a good thing. Steven, they were all over his fastball. I mean, that's that that was the big takeaway for me is just they he was throwing those fastballs and it was like batting practice. Most of the, he got a couple past Rodriguez and then Rodriguez hits the two run double. And, and I was like, oh, don't go back to the fastball. Like, I mean, I knew after Rodriguez missed a couple, I'm like, oh, he's just lining one up for one now. Well, I almost wonder if it was the pitch calling to some degree because of the fact that, you know, they were obviously waiting on his fastball. And as you said, they capitalized on it more than once. He'd get a couple past you. But yeah, uh, Julio Rodriguez in, in particular was one who made the adjustments during the at-bat, and it's almost like he was expecting Verlander to throw another fastball, which he did, and he was ready for it. By the way, we got people uh, commenting on our stuff right now, and Brandy says, I was cheering at the end as we all were. It was nuts. Uh, thank <laughs> you for the comment, Christian yeah. Watson. That guy is amazing. Let's go Astros. Which guy do you think he's talking about, Stephen? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't imagine who he's talking about. And I tell you what, it, it was a team effort today, and it had to be because it was down to the very, I mean, two outs, and we just thought, well, you know, we're just going to have to regroup. And then Jordan comes to the plate. And when that happens, honestly, Robert, you, that's when you can't give up hope. You, you know, you, the fact that, that the offense put them, and, and even the pitching, put them in a chance to win this game, and give Alvarez a chance to be the hero, that is something just, I, I still can't believe it, the way this game started out. Let me ask you, because I know I saw it on Twitter and everybody was on Dusty. Why didn't you get Verlander out of the game earlier? What did you think about his decision to stick with Verlander? It looked like he'd settled down after the first uh, four runs, I guess. You can't take him out immediately because no, I mean, he's your, no. you're, your you're Hall not of Famer. Take him, no, you're not going to take him out in the second or third inning. Come on, this is your ace. You've got to let him figure it out. If Look, if they if, if they can't if you can't win with your ace, who are you going to win with? Okay, you've got, you know, Framber Valdez, but he's going to pitch in game two. You've got Lance McCullers. He's going to pitch game three. No, you've, you've got to let Justin figure it out. And, and really, it looked like he was about to figure it out. No, I, I don't have any problem with him leaving an MN as long as he did at all. Yeah, I mean, I, the only issue that I had with Dusty really the whole game, and I, I, it's just like everybody's just looking. I could see it on, t you know, you watch on social media and everybody's just waiting for their chance to jump on him. And the only thing that I had an issue with was pinch hitting Christian Vasquez for Chaz McCormick. And Chaz McCormick is your best hitting center fielder by far. 
And that could have been a, a terrible decision. And we're going to talk about David Hensley later because he bails you out on that decision. But all you had to do there was leave Chaz McCormick in and let Christian Vasquez pinch it for your catcher. You know, the same guy that he plays, same position that he plays. The Christian Vasquez move worked out great because he threw out the runner mm-hmm. and he got a base hit. It was just, you know, wait, wait an extra batter because, look, Mauricio Dubon, I don't know what the love affair with Dusty is and Mauricio Dubon, but, you know, not – Bringing him in the game isn't going to help your defense a whole lot. And since when do you make a defensive replacement when you're down by four runs? Well, I was more disturbed about it from a defensive standpoint than I was offensively, Robert, because I, I wonder, you know, if Dusty was even going to let Dubon hit. I mean, it came up, of course, and he pinch hit for him. What, what I guess got me was the fact that you put him in as a defensive replacement. Now, I know you and I have talked about this before. I, I, I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast. I know we've talked about it off the podcast about Mauricio Dumont and his his defense in center and and certainly his hitting is definitely not there. So I was more puzzled by it by from a defensive standpoint that you were going to put him in center and maybe you know you might even say well you could put Jake Myers in there. I I'm not sure that that Myers is 100% ready. I'm I'm really not. I just don't think he has shown that either with his arm strength or with his bat yet. Yeah, I I don't think he is either. I I'm fine with having him on the roster because I don't know if you had a lot of good choices as far as everyday players. There wasn't anybody. I mean, maybe you put John or Diaz. Would you put John or Diaz on the roster, Stephen, just so you have a third catcher and you can use Vasquez more as as a pinch hitter and 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 you know basically utilize him more in this series than you, than you might otherwise? Well, I might have in this series just because you have fewer pitchers now. I don't know. You know, when you get into the ensuing series, if you're going to do that. Uh, but in this series, yeah, I would say that you could have certainly done that. I, I don't know what purpose that would have. I mean, yeah, I guess you could have had him as a pinch hitter or something like that. But he's so unproven. But you you could have. I mean, that that is a, a move I hadn't even thought about. Hey, if you're out there and you're watching us, tell your friends. Come join the fun. We're doing the live post games throughout the postseason. Me and Steven, we're, we look forward to it. We've been doing live post games on Houston Sports Talk for years now, but we're finally doing these uh, streaming live on YouTube and just uh, just having a blast doing this for the first time. And we're also doing live Texans. I do that with Sean Bajani with Sports Radio 610. We do the Texans uh, post games every Sunday. And of course, this Sunday they're off. So we're going to have Astros this weekend because they'll be playing this weekend on Saturday. Right, Stephen? You know, that's right. Uh, it's funny. I, I had forgotten the Texans were going to be off because I was wondering, you know, how's Robert going to do this on Sunday? But you're right. They're going to be off and it, it's kind of a weird deal with this first round of the, the ALDS anyway of the playoffs is if you had the game Tuesday, you have an off day, you have the game Thursday, you have another off day for the travel day. Then you have, if necessary, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you have three in a row. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a weird schedule, Robert. But, yeah, you and I are going to be here regardless. Let me go back to David Hensley because a huge at-bat for him. I mean, oh, my goodness. Way to come up, big David Hensley. I, I said on Twitter, I'm like, you got to pitch hit David Hensley for Mauricio Dubon because you know you're going to bring in Jake Myers to play center field if that happens. And, and you have that, you know, you have that ability to do that. So, Stephen Hensley, Hunter Brown, Abreu, all guys that are young, you're trying to get postseason experience. I think Brayu's pitched in the postseason before, but those other That's two guys, yeah. yeah, those other two guys have no experience. So 
they, they all got good experience and, and good experience as in they performed well. You know, that's one of the things about the postseason, Robert, that is always so cool. I mean, how many times we, we could be here all day talking about the, the players that you least expect, you know, whether they're a young guy or a guy like Hensley, you know, who's been around a few years in the minors making a contribution. And he did just that. You know, he was he was recruited by Tony Gwynn at San Diego State. And, of course, he revered Tony Gwynn. And, uh, I mean, this was a guy that has been waiting for this opportunity. And I must have gone to sleep, Robert, when, you know, when they brought David Hensley up. I remember that. But I guess I didn't really look at his figures of, you know, in the short sample size of the regular season. But he was batting over 300. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was like 320-something, I think. So, uh, you know, compared to somebody like Mauricio Dubon, yeah, you absolutely had to put him in there. And by golly, he came through and set the table for what we're talking about right now. Hensley was rock solid late in the year, and he played really well in the minor leagues. And, you know, the the numbers that I was looking for from him in AAA, because I, I've said it before, those Sugarland Space Cowboys numbers can be very skewed. That league, the the parks they play in, all of that stuff can be very skewed. But David Hensley was doing the things that I wanted to see in the minor leagues coming up. And Stephen, he's going to be on this roster next year because if they can't sign Aledmus Diaz, he's a great utility player. It can play multiple different multiple positions. I mean, you you want Aledmus to come back, but if for some reason that they can't pull it off because the numbers are something like that, um, you know, Hensley is right there and ready to go. And, you know, frankly, you know, you definitely like Hensley better than Mauricio Dubon. Hopefully you can have a couple of center fielders, you know, that are going to be out there helping you. It just won't be Chas McCormick. If Jake Myers can get it together, if not, go get somebody else. But because of all that, I think David Hensley is definitely in the mix. And how big does it look to just have him for the rest of the series as somebody that you can go to if you need somebody? Because there are a lot of positions in this lineup that you go, oh, they're not coming out. But yeah. we know the catcher situation. That's, you know, if Maldi's going to be starting, that's someplace that you got to think about pinch hitting a lot. And my goodness, the way Mancini has looked at the end of the regular season going into the postseason, got to get something from him. I, Steven, I don't know what you think. I, I thought Aledmus Diaz should be the starter in the postseason over Trey Mancini. I liked everything else in the lineup, but Aledmus Diaz, because I, he's a better contact hitter, and I, I talked a little bit about this with Sean a couple of weeks ago, but I think he's a better contact hitter. And and that matters in the postseason. Diaz too much of a a strikeout guy, and and he and he did a couple of those today as well. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Robert. And I, I assume you're talking about as as the designated hitter. Certainly, sure. You know, Mancini did get some good contact, but he did you know he also had some weak contact too. So I think that yeah, I, and Aledmus Diaz has proven since he's been with the Astros what a clutch hitter he can be. You know, his biggest problem is the durability. Well you know, that, that may not necessarily be an issue. If you're going to have him as the DH, you don't necessarily have to have him as a fielder. So, yeah, I, I think they really need to look at the fact that Mancini had just has not, I mean, he got off to that great start when he came to the Astros, but since then, you know, he's hitting like what, in the 150s? I mean, he just hasn't done it at all. And And somebody like Diaz, who's a veteran, has been with the team for several years and has proven that he can hit. Hopefully in game two, you will see him in the DH spot. We can't go anywhere 
without talking about Alex Bregman with the two run home run. And I mean, you wouldn't have been there in the ninth inning if it, if it wasn't for Alex Bregman. Well, that's right. We, we can't forget that because, and so I guess it, there was a non-Cuban who did come to the Astros <laughs> defense today. It was Alex Bregman. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. When we start talking about Gurriel and Bregman hitting at the, at the beginning of the season, Robert, we were wondering when both of those guys were going to get it together. And, at, you know, toward the end of the season, they started to do that. How big is it and how big will it be if Gurriel is really starting to get hot and Bregman is starting to get hot and Alvarez is doing, you know, what Alvarez normally does? You know, it'd be great if Pena can get into the mix. He, he didn't do anything today, at least at the, at the plate. It would be nice to get him going. But when, when those guys, when Bregman and Gurriel get hot and, and Alvarez is hitting, that's where you, you definitely have the hope. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that Bregman is back to his old self again, I mean, we, we've mentioned it a couple of times over the last couple of months, but I mean, you can't say it enough to have the old Bregman back. The guy that we saw in 2019 is massive and hello to Albert. I know Albert over on Twitter, he's out there watching us as well. And Hey Albert. And also uh, cyber hype says the Mariners will all be always be chokers when it matters most epic comeback for Houston. There you go, Steven. So <laughs> I like that. I saw that. Thank you, Cyberhype. The trash talk uh, is 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 on its way. Uh, Steven, I, this is nothing to do with the game, but um, this matters a little bit going forward in the playoffs. And I hope it's not going to matter too much because you would think that he's not somebody that you're really going to rely on. But Phil Maton, the big news coming out just a couple of hours before this game starts that you know, not surprising that he wasn't on the roster. And I thought, okay, yeah, Mayton doesn't deserve to be on the roster. I wanted Hunter Brown on there instead. I didn't, I didn't want Will Smith and we get into that in a second, but uh, Phil Mayton is now done for the postseason because he hit a wall or his locker or something he, with he, his fist. Yeah. He hit his blocker with his fist. It was after his last start. It was last Wednesday. It was, or we'll see it was October 5th, whatever day that was. It was, you know, that, that's uh, relief appearance he had against the Phillies. Would he give up one or two runs? I mean, it's not like he gave up five or six runs, but apparently he was angry, slammed his locker with his fist, and ends up breaking a bone in his hand. So he had surgery, I think, a couple of days ago. He's in a cast for eight weeks. He's gone for the season. Um, yeah, you know what? not very smart. You know why he was angry is because he gave up a base hit to his brother that to he faced brother. the first yeah. time. Well, and and, and how, how do you like that? Your your own brother cost you the chance to play in the postseason. Because look, Stephen, he, he still could have played in the postseason. They, they could very well, if they move on from this series, need another pitcher in the ALCS. It, they, they might carry one more pitcher. And, you know, it, it would be between Maiden and Will Smith for that pitching spot. Well, and that's right. And let's not forget, you know, Phil Maton, when they got him last year at the trade deadline, he didn't exactly light it up during the regular season. But when they got in the postseason, the guy was money. So, I mean, if you are if you were banking on that happening again this year, well, you can forget it because now he's off the roster because of a, a silly incident. Okay, so it was against his brother. Are you saying that's the first time that your brother has gotten the best of you, Phil? Come on now. <laughs> really? <laughs> and it wasn't in the postseason either. It was the last game of a regular season that meant nothing for the Astros and really nothing for the Phillies because they'd already wrapped up their wildcard spot. So, yeah, the, I it just, okay, I like the competitiveness, but come on, Phil, really? Oh, my goodness. I, I, it's unbelievable. And let me just tell, tell you this much because 
you know, I got to circle back to Yuli Gurriel. We mentioned him earlier. He got a couple of big hits in this game. And let's not forget that a lot of people had jumped ship on Yuli Gurriel. Stephen, remember that? They, they were including like, me. I have to. I hate to admit it, but including yeah. me, I'm one of them. Yeah, and and I was I was about ready. To, I was like, okay, Mancini's our new first baseman. I'm fine with that. Yuli looks done. You could stick a fork in him. And it, and it wasn't like I looked at his. I thought he had a pretty good September and October, but then I looked at his numbers and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much like it was most of the year. He mm-hmm. he was very below Yuli numbers, I guess. And you know, I I think maybe he trailed off a little bit after we clinched, and everybody sort of took it easy for maybe the last week or two, but. Yeah, Yuli, it wasn't spectacular stuff in September, October. So, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I, I wanted him to play first base, though, because he's he's a really good contact hitter. Again, I just think that matters in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he wasn't setting it on fire. But you could tell he was getting things together as the season went along. But my goodness, the first half, I I, I mean, I wasn't saying trade the guy now, Robert. But I, you, you remember on the podcast, I talked about we need to get something at first base for the future because – Yuli is definitely going downhill. I really believe that. But, man, in the postseason, you know, that's that's when it counts. And at least he's doing that now. So we'll see what happens the rest of the way. But he was starting to, I think, get to things together toward the end of the season. I'm just going through the lineup right now thinking of who, who we need to mention. And, uh, you know, Jeremy Pena was having a terrible day. And then yeah. he had that great, started that great double play. I think that was in the eighth inning, right? Was it the eighth or the yeah. ninth? Yeah, it was in the eighth. But he, yeah, defensively, I mean, he was fine. And I think we worried about that a little bit with some of the plays he's made on defense over the season. It was his offense that we wondered about. But offensively, yeah, he he definitely, especially that first at bat, you could tell he he was definitely not in his element. Oh, yeah. The slider gave him trouble again. But I was going to yeah. say in, in the eighth inning, he makes the defensive play. And in the ninth inning, he's the guy that got the setup hit for Jordan yeah. Alvarez and set the whole thing going. I mean, if if Jeremy Pena doesn't, you know, if he doesn't. And, and that was, you know, just a really solid hit. To, there was nothing accidental about it. Did a really nice job with that at bat. You know, the sliders got him a couple times early in the game. He had. One where he laced, I think, the previous at bat at the first baseman or the second baseman, but it was it was a hard hit ball. But then that that last at bat, I mean, a big. I mean, what, what are you going to say? It's it's a huge. I mean, you, you you've got to get to Jordan, and that's if he's going to be batting second in this lineup. There are going to be innings where you're just like, it's two out. Maybe Pena's up up at the plate. Hey, just somehow get us to Jordan. That's all we're asking for in the playoffs. Is, <laughs> that's the whole goal is get to that big guy. Yeah. Get to, get to Alvarez, get to Altuve. I mean, yeah, Altuve didn't do a whole lot today, but we know that he can be money in the postseason too. So, you know, you, you've got those guys in there. You got Bregman and Guriel hitting. So you get to any one of those guys in the lineup in a seven to five game in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. I'm ready. I'm ready. And Kyle Tucker didn't have any huge hits today. He had the infield single, but the play at the oh, wall. The catch, yes. He just, I just expect it. You know, yeah. he made that catch, and I just, it, 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 I'm just to the point where with Kyle Tucker, well, you, you expect it. Well, if Kyle Tucker doesn't win a gold glove in right field after this season, Robert, there's something wrong because he has done a masterful job there all season long with the assists, making the great catches like he made today. He's definitely a gold glove winner. He's got to be. Yeah. I mean, was there any other notes that you made from this one? I'm trying to, I'm going through everything in my head. This, there was so much that was going on 
Um, I, you know, the, the big things for me were just, you know, the, the, was there really any question marks with Dusty Baker? And like I said, I know people think that JV bring him out of the game. He gave up three or four runs, but again, Cy Young hall of fame, Steven, I know you agree with me on this one. Yeah. You got to stick with that guy for at least an inning or two. I mean, I know, you know, you can blow out your bullpen, but it's Justin Verlander. Who do you go to? that has a better track record in their history than Justin Verlander. He's the Hall of Fame guy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's your ace. With your ace, you're going to give them more rope. And in most, you know, more often than not, Justin is going to bail himself out. Yeah, he struggled today. But in most of the starts where he does get into some trouble, it's not like he gives up five or six runs in an inning. He usually pulls it together. And you just, you you have to trust your ace. I, I think a lot of it just goes with the trust that a manager has to have in his pitchers. And yeah, he didn't have it today, but perhaps he will the next time. But when he's your ace, you you give them more rope than you would say somebody like, oh, I don't know, you know, Jose Urquidy or even somebody like Lance McCullers. If you get in that kind of trouble, you're probably going to take him out a little bit sooner than you would have Justin Verlander. If it were Garrett Cole, you'd do the same thing, right? Oh, of course. I mean, and, and I don't think anybody would have questioned leaving Garrett Cole in there a few years ago. I mean, the difference, I think the reason why everybody might've been panicking is just it's game one and it's Verlander and oh my God, you know, there's panic when you're, when you're down big in game one and it's only a five game series and, oh, you can throw everybody that game because there's still, uh, you know, a couple of days before the next game and a couple more days till the next game. So, you know, I, I understand it. And I just feel like there's this PTSD with Dusty Baker. It's like everybody is just waiting for the terrible move or the awful thing. And, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, just like trust and trust in Justin Verlander is usually a good thing. Like I said, though, he's got to get it straightened out in the playoffs. I want to see the Justin Verlander that we saw in 2017 and not yeah. the last couple of times. And you know, you, you can't say he was pitching better in 2017 than he is this year because he had another two ERA and he's just been, it's been an extraordinary season in this high young season and the whole nine yards. Um, Stephen, before we get going, a couple last things. The Astros, they've got two days off till the next game. The, the, the thinking was that it was going to be Fromber was going to pitch game three. There has been a game two, I should say. There's been no announcement, but it looks like uh, Fromber is not healthy. He's going through some sort of illness. So it could be Lance McCullers. Now, on the other hand, that could be a very good thing because Lance McCullers has been much better at home than he's been on the road. And, and I don't think that's just this year. I, I think I, I want to say that's throughout his career. Yeah, it seems to be throughout, doesn't it? And yeah, there, there was an illness apparently kind of going through the Astros clubhouse. And, but uh, Fromber is the name that kept getting bandied about that uh, was, was really struggling with it. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see it on that. I, I thought that I had heard somewhere that he is going to start game two, but I, I don't know that for a fact. But it's, it's going to be one of those two guys. But, you know, you make a good point, Robert. If it's McCullers in game two, I'm going to feel pretty comfortable about that with him pitching at home. And, you know, the, the guy's just been he, – he's done so much better than I expected he would in coming back from this Tommy John surgery. He's come back much faster. It, it's like he gets better every start. Uh, one other thing that we – I was I teased earlier, Will Smith, not on the postseason roster, no right. lefties on the postseason roster. I, I, I am so glad to see this because you what you do is you put your best arms out there, Stephen. And I'm respecting the Astros for this move because I was worried that they were going to go the other way. 
But Dusty said in the comments when they asked him about it, I only have one vote. So I have a feeling he might have wanted Will Smith on the roster. But look, man, uh, you, you, you get the better arm out there. Jose Arquiti, uh, you know, Jose Arquiti's the better arm. And I got into a big argument. Somebody was throwing a bunch of analytics at me, Stephen, about Arquiti versus Will Smith and all of these numbers. But look, Will Smith has pitched in garbage time for most of the last two months with the Astros. Has he been better with the Astros than he was with the Braves earlier this year? Yes. Does he have a good track record in the playoffs? Yes. But the guy is now in his mid-30s. It's not the same stuff. Jose Arquiti is a better pitcher. Usually, better the better pitcher is the guy in the starting rotation. And you could talk about high leverage situations, but when Arquiti walks to the mound as a starter, he's always it, that you're in a high leverage. It's a close game. You're in you're, you're you're facing guys second, third time through the order. Will Smith doesn't do that. And also, Stephen, it's just more valuable to have somebody in the playoffs that if you need to, like in a game today, we saw Brian Abreu go a couple of innings. I don't right. want to throw Will Smith out there for two innings, but I'm fine with throwing Urquidy and Garcia and Hunter Braun out there for two or three innings. And if you get into an extra situ- inning situation or whatever, you got those guys. So I, I, that's just my thought on that. I understand, you know, that analytics has become a very important part of baseball, and rightfully so. I mean, numbers, you know, do back up a lot of things. But I also believe in the human element. You've got to have a little of both, Robert. And, and I've always said what you just said. You, you put your best pitchers out there or put your best arms on the roster. If you can't win with the best arms, then you're probably not going to win most of the time. So I'm with you. Uh, you know, the analytics thing is great. And in, in numerous situations, that is going to help you. But in this case, I, I still say that, and, and Dusty certainly subscribes to it, he's still kind of an old school guy. He's going he's gonna to put the best arms on the roster. And I think that's what he did in this situation. Let's wrap this thing up because uh, just uh, this is going to be so much fun, and we're we're going to give you guys some more of this as the postseason goes on, and we're going to continue to do the live shows. But um, you know, just an incredible win for the Astros, eight to seven. They fight back, down seven three, down four nothing, down you know multiple uh. times in this game, two three hit games by Jordan Alvarez and Yuli Gurriel. Of course, Jordan Alvarez with the massive three-run homer to win the whole thing. Um, you've got the pitching outside of Justin Verlander. Four guys give you one run over the last five innings of this game. Abreu, Javier, Hunter Brown, Montero. Everybody went out there and did their job. Javier gives up the one run, but it was a good one inning for Christian Javier to get in because he got a little action. He got a little practice because he might be out there again. In game four, you don't know. He might be out there again in game three if Frommer's not ready. So you needed Javier to kind of get warmed up a little bit. It's almost like a little throw day for him. And you still got the W after all of that. So the Astros win this one eight to seven. I want to thank my co-host, Stephen Kerr. Astros Mariners postgame game one. Let's wrap this baby up and uh, looking forward to doing this really soon. I want to thank everybody out there that listened and, and watched us and hope to see you guys Again, keep up with us. Keep up with Houston Sports Talk. You know, we're on all your major platforms. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We put out shows all the time. Great guests. Uh, looking forward to do this again with Stephen. Thanks a bunch. Absolutely, Robert. Always a pleasure. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. 
Hey, you can support the show by subscribing on YouTube and commenting on the videos. Listen to Houston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and Google. Don't forget to tell a friend and share our show on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.